0: Yes, it is. I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you tonight from the palatial Home Studios of Bob Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California. Joining me in studio, as you as per the usual, is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hey, everybody! I love you all. Walk, 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 walk with the Lord. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. How are you doing, Pop?
1: I'm doing very well. Good evening, my fellow Bible Inquisitors. I trust all is going well for you
0: on this out here in Missouri. Beautiful uh Saturday evening. All right. It's uh it's a pleasant evening here as well, except that Pizza uh, pizza decided to put the peppery stuff on uh on the pizza. So Rudy can't eat it. But uh oh no. <laughs> I
1: prefer the Aldi's pizza and you can add all sorts of toppings to their cheese one. Oh. Well and it's really good that way, but sorry that it's too peppery. Yeah. And here when I said it's a beautiful leave, failed to leave out the Heat advisory, we have been in all week long. Oh, wow. uh, Numbers in the triple digits.
0: We've we've only been in the double digits. We've been in the high double digits, but only the double digits. So, not quite as hot. Yep. But yeah. Change size. There we go. Well, we've got a lot of a uh, lot of Bible to uh, cover this evening. There's certainly a lot to uh, to discuss, but before we do that, I think we have time for a ready minute. What do you think?
1: Absolutely. Walk, walk,
0: walk, walk, walk with the Lord. Today I was listening to because uh, I like to listen to stuff. False teachers. A lot of them say, God needs us. God don't need us. We need God. So, that's what people say, and I don't understand when people do that. God doesn't need anything. God made us because he wanted to make us, and God will let us die if he wants us to die, but not in a bad way because sometimes that's our time. But God doesn't need us, so please remember that. We need him. And I love you all. Walk, walk, walk with the Lord.
1: Rudy, you are correct. God doesn't need us, but he does want us. Yes. He's made us for some ultimate purpose that we do not understand, certainly nothing that we deserve, but he wants us. And he wants us to be able to make the decision between right and wrong, good and evil, him or evil is basically the way it breaks down. Uh, But he wants us to be on that side of things, and he wants to give us all sorts of blessings beyond uh, our comprehension. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with a life after our time here on Earth, but we firmly believe it, and we get to start showing that we are of that select group while we're still here on Earth.
0: Yep. that is the truth so uh yes so remember folks god doesn't need us but he does indeed want us he wants yes. us to uh to to worship him to love him to experience him in ways that we can't uh yet comprehend so with that let's head off to act chapter two we are continuing our journey through our exploration, rather, through uh, Dr. John Barnett's 52 Greatest Chapters of the Bible, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, he's he's batting pretty well so far. But uh, you know, there have been a couple of uh, of missteps uh, as far as uh, we're concerned. But uh, interpretive um, difference, interpretive
1: difference, They're not necessarily missteps, because we know that whenever anyone reads the Bible, they're going to come up with their own idea of what to believe. Mm -hmm. And we certainly hope everyone that comes to realize that there is a God in heaven. His son, Jesus, is uh, our Lord and Savior. Literally everything on earth and outside of earth was made through Jesus Yep. And we have to be able to say we accept that. And, of course, what we're going to do tonight is look at the third part of the Godhead or Trinity, and that's the Holy Spirit, because it's the church's birthday
0: <laughs> that we're studying today. Yep. The day of Pentecost. Date of the, of the date of the church's birth, not just its birthday. The
1: Oh, okay, well, it's the church's birthday is what I was saying. And, yeah, it's very important uh, event in history. So I absolutely agree. It should be one of the 52 most important chapters of the Bible. And it has a lot of stuff in it that we hopefully will learn from.
0: So you want to start us off, Bill? Sure. I did a little... Oh. I forgot to open up my uh, my notebook. Oh heavens!
1: And you do have everything plugged in correctly. I right? do,
0: and everything is unmuted, and and so uh, so that's all good to go. Okay. There we go. There's the notebook. I wrote down uh, a few things about the uh, about the Book of Acts. Um, okay. <clears throat> that uh, Acts was probably untitled. Just the, uh, just the second letter to Theophilus, who we don't know who, uh, who Theophilus was necessarily, and he may have been a, uh, uh, a Roman official. Um, he may have been someone important uh, because of the way Luke addresses him at the beginning of Luke as the most excellent Theophilus, but we just really don't know because history doesn't tell us anything about someone named Theophilus. We do know that uh, the word Theophilus means "lover of God," um, and I and I wonder if perhaps it might have been us who is most excellent Theophilus that uh, it's not a particular person, but rather a writing a writing device to address it to us. The Gentiles who would be reading about Jesus and uh, and that Luke would have hoped to convert. Just as a a a random thought there. Okay. But uh, um, but that not with uh, with withstanding, the Greek work word for acts praxis, praxis, sorry my my Greek pronunciation is not great, uh, is used as a. is generally used to describe the accomplishments of great men. And of course, uh, that would be referring to the apostles, um, whom this is about now, uh, more, uh, according to, uh, to John MacArthur, whose study Bible I use, it would probably be more appropriately titled acts of the Holy spirit through the apostles, (laughs) because it is really about, and we'll be talking about the Holy spirit here, uh, momentarily as you uh, as you already mentioned or alluded to um let's see luke's authorship luke never mentions him doesn't mention himself in uh, in either of his books he doesn't appear at all in luke and uh, uh the only reason we uh we know that the author um uh, is an eyewitness to the uh to the events of the book of acts is because he changes the word, the pronoun usage from third person to first person. He starts person. saying "we" and uh, and uh, and such. Um, however, uh, the authorship is generally affirmed um, because of er, through early church uh, writings. Um, people whose names would be recognizable, but I didn't write them all down because there was a long list. Uh, okay. <laughs> And, uh, and if it was a forgery, then whoever forged it probably would have used a more prominent name than Luke because Luke's actually only mentioned in the New Testament a handful of times. Um, we know who he is. We know he was uh, Paul's uh, friend, traveling companion, and, uh, and, um, and personal physician. Uh, we do know he was yes. a doctor, Dr. Luke. But, uh, um, but we don't know a whole, a whole lot about him. Uh let's see. Um Luke uh, was rather thorough though. He probably interviewed a lot of people, a lot of eyewitnesses, uh including Peter and John, um possibly James, um depending on when he actually wrote it. Um and uh Philip um and his daughters are are another uh, possible uh um uh, eyewitness, eyewitnesses. Um let's see. Uh... Luke is also an eyewitness to parts of Acts. He wasn't a witness to what we're talking about tonight. Um, let's see. It's, it's somewhat, many people believe that uh, it was written after the destruction of the temple. However, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it ends before Paul's first Roman imprisonment ends. So if it was written as late as, as, as the 70s AD, why didn't Luke say what happened to Paul in the first uh, in the first trial? What was the outcome of it? Um, what happened? Uh, uh, let's see. What were some of the events? Um, what happened to uh, beyond his second trial uh, and his death? Um, why didn't he mention James's martyrdom in 62, um, which is according to Josephus? Josephus actually says that James was martyred in 62 A.D and uh what that would be James the half-brother of Jesus
1: uh that James is the one we're speaking of not the James uh who is brother to John right. one of the original 12 he, his martyrdom is mentioned yes but, uh, he yes. is definitely recorded in the book of Acts. yes
0: and uh his demise. and why uh, why not mention the fall of Jerusalem if it was written after seven. Mm. So, um, so there's a possibility it was written prior to all of those events, sometime, uh, sometime during Paul's first imprisonment, probably, because Luke didn't know the rest of the information.
1: Um, I believe that's a fair estimation. Yeah, the uh, resources I have, the sources I've studied for tonight is probably around 62 A.D. That's what I was reading
0: as well. Uh, but then again, I found
1: some other resources talking about time frames that we always have to remember that none of the New Testament is written as a chronological writing. True. Even though Luke does a very good, ample job of presenting the message of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, and the Acts of the Apostles, as we reference it mm-hmm. which means the beginning of the church correct
0: now it was written so as an orderly account so uh so this is about yes. as as uh, as timeline as chronological as we get in the uh, in the bible um mm-hmm. strictly speaking without months without and years without months and years but uh, but basically it's it's more or less a uh, a followable timeline that if we uh, match things up to uh, to hist- known historical events, we can figure out pretty much when things happen. And uh, let's see. Um, oh, and the emphasis on the book and the on the whole is on Jesus as the Messiah, that the gospel is for all, and uh, also recognizing the power of the Holy Spirit. Which brings us to chapter which brings two? us to chapter two. All
1: right, so some of the events going on. If we put ourselves in a general time frame, we are talking a time when it is 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus from the grave, about 10 days after. Jesus ascended to heaven, and we have 120 people staying in the upper room, praying and worshiping God, when we get here to Acts chapter 2. Right. We call it the day of Pentecost, Jewish people call it the Feast of Fruits, Mm -hmm. The Feast of First Fruits, actually. Yep. Or the
0: Feast of Weeks. Fi-
1: Feast of Weeks is another name as well, yes. And it coincides with the 50 days since the resurrection. Mm-hmm. It is a required uh, worship time for all Jewish males to come to Jerusalem. There are three of those during the year. Uh, the Day of Atonement, which is in the fall, and then Passover, which was, again, in our timeline, about seven weeks ago. And now we have this requirement also. Now, I believe that God in his wisdom has real reason for doing it. Yes.
0: And, uh, yes, uh, um, according to, let's see, which one was it? Uh, oh, Ellicott. According to Ellicott, Pentecost was generally, generally attracted the most pilgrims from distant lands because of the danger of sailing during Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles, the spring and the fall. The weather would have been uh, terrible. And so people in far off lands would have, uh, basically would have skipped Passover and, uh, and the Feast of Tabernacles because, uh, they didn't want to uh, take the risk. But there
1: are still faithful from all over the Roman right. world, as we'll find oh, out, yes. uh, who are in attendance. And I found some something interesting that I had never heard before. Uh, it talks about the fact that all faithful Jewish men would be there all faithful proselytes would be there. That is non-Jewish born people who believe in, now have come to believe in the one true God, who have literally been circumcised, to which we all say, ouch. And then there's a third group. Oh yeah. The proselytes also literally belong to a synagogue. And then there's a group called the half proselytes. Okay. I was rather interested to see that. They believe in the one true God. They're trying to learn more about the one true God. They have not submitted to circumcision, nor have they joined a synagogue. Synagogues were the Jewish churches, if I may, around the world at this point in time, uh, where Jewish people would gather and worship. And you might find out even today that to belong to a synagogue means you have paid your dues financially to them.
0: That's something that's even Uh, true today.
1: Yeah, very true today. And yes, they have to be renewed uh, dues or obligations, shall we say, uh, every year. But this group called the Half-Brosolites Worship a god, the God, but they do not yet give in to circumcision and belonging to a synagogue. I had never heard. Of half, no, I'd never uh, heard of half half proselytes either. No, I just found it interesting. Yeah. So anyway, these people have all gathered into Jerusalem to worship for the feast of weeks first fruits has anything to do with the harvest Mm -hmm. and they're there so that's what's going on at this point with chapter two so it says when the day of pentecost had arrived they were all together in one place and here it comes folks suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled
0: the whole house where they were staying now I'd like to point out that this is not saying there that a wind actually filled the place, but a sound like a rushing wind. Right.
1: We might think of it in reference to having speakers outside the windows pointing in. Yeah. And, uh, and having that go, of course, that's not what did happen. Right. Uh, but still, uh, it might give you a, a rough mind's eye of that kind of impact. But it was a violent rushing wind. Right. Sound. Uh, And then we have, you know, the house is filled with it. Uh, They saw tongues that, uh, how's it? Tongues like flames of fire Mm -hmm. that separated and rested on each one of them. Right. 120 people remember. Uh, Not just the 12th. 12 received spirit from Jesus in the Gospels before. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't want to go back to that now. This is the room, the upper room itself. and And this is talking
0: about all 120 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it is. And we have to remember that Hollywood has made pictures for all of us to get in our mind's eye about what that might have looked like. Right. And sounded like, I mean, seriously, you know, windows blowing open and the violent wind and then tongues of fire. Uh, but it says
0: it rested on everyone. Now, some people have an idea of a what uh, uh, what some translations say is a cloven tongue where it's split kind of partially like a like a cloven hook. However, the pulpit commentary says that that's probably not what happened because the Greek and the circumstances just don't support it—a uh, cloven tongue, a, a, a split tongue—and most of the modern translations don't uh, don't re, don't say split or or cloven tongue.
1: It's primarily the older. Uh, okay, so they don't literally
0: say it came in as one
1: and then went off into 120 right. others. Right.
0: But uh, um, that's what you're saying. Yeah. It's, well, not just that, but that they weren't that the to- individual tongues themselves weren't partially split, like a cloven hoof. Oh, right. Well, that's, really what's, okay. that's really what that's uh, really what what's being talked about here. But that's like King James kind of uh, kind of language.
1: Um. Well, remember recently we even showed in one of our uh, uh, studies in Psalms where King James literally called uh, something a unicorn. Right. Uh, so we can understand that there are variations of understanding. Yeah. Uh, but
0: uh, all these people
1: receive
0: right. this. Now, yes. it's, it's probably not. Now, it's not literal fire. Like. You couldn't have. You couldn't have uh, lit your. Yeah, that would have been. But rather a somehow. spiritual image of fire, like fire. So it would have appeared to them as though it was fire, but not not actual fire that would have burned their hair. They weren't getting sinned. <laughs> For those yes, who had,
1: I agree. They were not getting sinned. Right. But then again, it could have been real. God's all powerful. That's true. He can have uh, tongues of fire and nobody on fire. For That's him, the truth, without any doubt. Absolutely, uh, in my mind, uh, the Kels. Kels. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have even started. Uh-oh. The man who rivaled Thomas Edison uh, and uh, has Tesla. the had the big. Ele- Tesla. Sorry. Tesla. Tesla and his big generator Uh, You know, you can literally be around all that and it's thousands and millions of volts and and you can feel it, but it's not something that hurts you like Don't anybody try sticking your fingers in a light socket because it will hurt you it will kill you But nothing like that here Like I said, we get so much Hollywood Mm -hmm in our visions these days because we have those examples uh, and we think, well, gee, that, that's it, they, Hollywood got it. No, they didn't. <laughs> we just have to accept that it was an amazing event mm-hmm. and it didn't just appear on them. It had a purpose for being there. And verse three, four says, then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues. Folks, you will hear lots of things about speaking in tongues. Sometimes I've been accused of of dropping so many syllables in a sentence that somebody thought I was speaking in tongues. No, I have not. There are two ideas about them, about speaking in tongues. One of them is absolutely in tonight's example. And that is speaking in languages of the world. Right. Okay, and the other type is speaking in a heavenly tongue language that would only be understood by God and those, I guess, who are already up in heaven. Can I extend it that far? Yeah. Uh, But we have those two kinds of differences. Tonight we're looking at Speaking in tongues of the world because we have that affirmation coming up. No, this is about but a, they start speaking. This is about speaking in a language you did not study. This is, yes. yes. Um, it is, in fact, languages that they had not studied. Okay. And it is the spirit coming through all this that is enabling people to have that ability. How's your pronunciation guide tonight, Bill? Well, Why? What, uh, what needs to be pronounced? Do you want to read the areas of the world oh, starting sure, sure. at verse 5? Verse 5. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, just through 11 for Three right now. 11. 5 through 11.
0: Got it. Now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout and God fearing men from every nation under heaven. Sem tour and they probably and they would be wondering because each one was hearing the in the other room speaking in his own language or dialect. All of these who are speaking the Allians, then how is it that each of us hears in our own language or native dialect? Among us there are Shopians, means, and Elites. Yeah. yeah. Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia Minor, which is Turkey, Uh, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya around Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, uh, Cretans and Arabs. We all hear them speaking in our native tongues about the mighty works of God.
1: Um. We have this establishment of who all's there. It says living in Jerusalem, but it really means living in there for right now because they're there for the feast. Right. There are also going to be a lot of non-Jewish people in the area because of trade. Uh, people were from other countries were allowed and not other faiths were allowed to come in and trade, not so much on the Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, which would have been Saturday. And so we have this gathering of people, and now we see that it really does cover, it covers non-Jewish people is what it's doing. Right. It is covering and making open the church of Jesus to the world. And I think that really needs to be stated Right up front on the importance of this chapter, because it's not just a Jewish faith thing; it is a world faith thing that is happening.
0: Well, and also to remember that the Roman Jews were actually known for converting non-Jews, um, and uh, um, and so this was uh, this was also about reaching the Jews in the far off lands so that they could convert, you know, be converted and then convert others around them in the, uh, in the, the rest of the world, preparing the way as it were for others to, to the way. come along.
1: And I believe that is also a big intent of God and the mm-hmm. spirit. Uh, excuse me. On this particular topic tonight, because All these people with these areas that are named, they are going to go back home and talk about this amazing stuff that was happening while they were in Jerusalem. Which would mean that in months, days, and years to come, when the church continually expands out, they're going to go to areas
0: where they've already gotten some of the story. Mm -hmm and uh, something to think about is that romans at the time uh pagan romans that is uh were primarily interested in these kinds of things they weren't uh they weren't necessarily drawn to promises of an afterlife uh, many of the uh of theologies uh in their uh their uh pantheon of uh of religion um were focused on uh, on demonstration of power, and that was what people were very mm-hmm. interested in. So this these stories would have spread fast among uh, among yes among uh, the pagans.
1: Yeah it it is true that the Romans uh, accepted everyone's religions, and it wasn't until they started being selective into emperor uh, worship that they would accept all the gods they conquered in an area. So the Jewish God would have already been uh, accepted in the Roman world. Uh, Of course, they're going to go to extremes, but that's still about 40 years off. So we won't do too much. 35, 37 years off. (laughs) Uh, But here we have this beginning and foundation if I might use that Mm -hmm. as a term. That's why it's so important for the Christian church to recognize this is the beginning of the church. And the people are amazed. So with verses 12 and following, they were all astounded and perplexed saying to one another, what does this mean? But some sneered and said, do wine." I mean, how do simple Gal... I'm, I shouldn't be that disrespectful. S- okay, simple Galileans. right? People who have not been off to university-level language trainings or anything. How are they speaking mm-hmm. in all these different languages? Now in everyday walk these folks really were a lot smarter than most Americans are because they mm-hmm. they would have the Jewish men would have known Hebrew mm-hmm. which was not really spoken but they were able to read it they would know the Greek language because Alexander the Great made it a world language right. Uh, they would know Aramaic. Mm-hmm.
0: That would be their everyday. And we can something. get
1: the idea from uh, Pontius Pilate when he had Jesus crucified, when he had it written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So mm-hmm. these guys really were not simple folks. They had languages of all sorts that they could communicate with, and in. But when people from, if I might use an example, example. Cyrene, which is on the coast next to Libya and quite a ways away but they are from there they're visiting Jerusalem and all of a sudden they start hearing their Cyrenian language. They're amazed, as are all the others that that you read just a few minutes ago, Bill. And they're trying to say, what is all this? The one exception it says, some of them said they're only drunk on new wine. Uh, I'm personally guessing that's the local Jewish folks who are saying that, who do not know how to speak Cyrene or perhaps, uh, let's see, the language of Pontus at that point, or even the from the Isle of Crete. They don't understand any of those languages. They're not hearing them that way anyway because they're hearing it in their own true language, and they don't want to believe. So they're scoffing, and they're saying they've just been drinking new wine. I only bring that up because we get to look at it as a very interesting uh, defense move that Peter will start with here in a moment. Uh, do you have anything on the drinking of new wine, Bill?
0: Uh, no, nothing uh, Nothing that you haven't uh, covered. Of course, uh, um, wine was consumed throughout most of the day because water was dirty. And uh, yes. said they didn't understand the whole thing about germs and microbes and all that kind of stuff. They didn't know. So um, fermentation was important. Fermentation was important um and so uh what they would do is they would uh, um they would boil the wine uh to uh down to a paste so they could store it and then they would reconstitute it with uh, by adding a little bit of water to it now the boiling action would have taken out most of the alcohol um so that would be old wine um but uh but of course new wine would still have the alcohol in it and uh, um, and so uh, that would be re- it would be available to them to drink, but uh, would certainly not be a traditional morning beverage.
1: Interesting about the paste, yeah, and reconstituting because then I hope that they'd be reconstituting it with more boiled water and not just what was around.
0: Well, apparently the apparently the paste can still uh, uh, can still kill the. Uh, Microbes and germs and such. So. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, it retains that that anesthetic property.
1: Very interesting. Which kind I of, have no idea. Which
0: kind of uh, gives me a different uh, a different image of when uh, uh, in the uh, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, how the, the Good Samaritan uses his wine and oils to uh, to treat the uh, the injured uh, Jew. Um, He's not just pouring liquid on him. He's applying a paste that would stick to the wound.
1: Very interesting idea. I don't want to get to that story, though. No, no. (laughs) We're at, so really a very intriguing part there. Yeah. So here we have some people being amazed that they're hearing them talking about God and his kingdom in their own native languages, and others who are saying, ah, they're just drunk with new wine. Peter stands up. Now, if I might, I would like to pause for a moment and reflect on Peter at this point in time. Seven weeks ago, and probably two days, Peter denied he even knew Jesus. Right. He also tried to take a sword and defend Jesus and lopped off the servant of Malchus or Malchus the servant servant. and knocked off his ear, which Jesus healed, we're told. Uh, Then Peter denies Jesus three times. Sometime over the next 40 days, they all go fishing and Jesus shows up and he makes Peter reaffirm three times. That he loved Jesus. But Peter uses uh, the
0: word for a friendly type of love, not a, uh, not a, a, a godly type of love.
1: True enough. So that took place. Mm -hmm. Now, 10 days ago, Jesus ascended on high and the disciples and a total of 120 other folks. Sorry about that. uh, are in the upper room and Peter stands up in this group and he literally says, and it's in chapter one, which you're more than encouraged to read that we need to replace the position of Judas. And Peter does something that I think is important. He sets requirements for this new 12th disciple. Mm-hmm. And if we really look at the Gospels and chapter one of Acts together, we will find that Peter is setting requirements that not even Peter could fulfill. And I think this is important because of attitudes, because he literally says, you know what, we need to get somebody who was a follower of Jesus even before Jesus was baptized by John. That's the way I read it and understand it. And Peter wasn't there at the baptism of Jesus. So his attitude during that 10 days is still growing, of course, but it's nothing like what happens now. Mm -hmm. And to see this difference unfold uh, shows to me the power of the Holy Spirit in a way that's just remarkable. You want to say anything on that, Bill?
0: No, I, I think you're uh, I think you're you're right. I concur with you wholeheartedly.
1: But I also like the way Peter starts it off yeah. too. Okay, so we have Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and proclaimed to them Fellow Jews and all of you residents of Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and pay attention to my words. <laughs> Peter's really there, isn't he? Yeah. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. The third hour, nine in the morning. I appreciate this portion of Peter's new response he is calling attention to him as the speaker that's fine and he is defending that they're not drunk but not that it couldn't happen he's saying no way it's only nine o'clock in the morning pardon me my voice is just rasping on me here
0: you sound fine to me
1: okay, I'm glad I sounded fine to you. And I really do like that approach. that He said, hey, (laughs) it's just too early in the morning. We wouldn't be doing that. Is that ever a response for all of us who are Christians today? We should not be getting drunk, period. And we should certainly be reasonable with anything that we do Drink, should we be drinking? And we should be aware of the situations around us. You know, they weren't all in the upper room saying, woe is us, and you know, let's let's drink all of our sorrows away. Hardly not, nope. It is the fact that Peter is standing up and saying, Nope, we're not drunk. And now he goes into. The point of saying, on the contrary, meaning totally opposite. This is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. This is Peter speaking. You can't find, I don't think, a reference in the Gospels where Peter is quoting Scripture. Right. The Holy Spirit has changed his attitude. It's what we are changed into when we've accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord and the attitudes that we should try to have. So, Bill, would you mind reading uh, Joel's quote until verse 21, through verse 21? And
0: it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall say divinely prompted things, and your old men shall dream divinely prompted dreams. Even on my bondservants, both men and women, I will in those days pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will bring about wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoking vapor. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And it shall be that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking, adoring, and worshiping the Lord Jesus, shall be saved.
1: Did you finish, Bill? I did. Sorry about that. It's okay. I still have my show alarm going off and I don't know why. Mm. I tried to pull it down and and set it to stop, but it's not working for me. Okay. All right. This fisherman, Galilean fisherman, is now quoting Old Testament scripture. Something that is really, yes, absolutely, Jewish boys were taught Jewish scriptures, and I have no doubt that they had memorization work. Uh, If you ever want to look to see what kind of memorization work was, look at Psalm 119. It is the longest uh, chapter in the Bible And it's an acrostic of all the letters of the Jewish alphabet. And it was, in fact, done as a memorization. Uh, It's like mind-boggling. But here the Holy Spirit is giving Peter the exact scriptures to empower what's happening right now. And I just think it's an amazing transition. For uh, he who wanted to defend Jesus with a sword is now defending the faith and the church that's about that is being developed today, and it's just phenomenal and reference points that the priesthood can't argue about remember there's not going to be any quoting of chapter and verse because they don't exist so he simply says the prophet Joel they know that it's you know it's in their reading parameter
0: <clears throat> and they probably went oh, and we go on I know from that. that I've heard that before uh-huh
1: now I guess I should point out that Between verse 18 and verse 19, and they will prophesy, is an addition by Peter. Okay. It's not part of the prophecy from Joel, uh, but it does bring it together. And I don't know how all that works. There are some who say, well, that was done by Luke when he was compiling things. Or it may very well have been by Peter becoming a very eloquent person, uh, because it's literally you know it's it doesn't impact what's said in Joel, but it does sort of make it an easier flow. We'll see that same thing, I believe, in the next section, but I don't see it here now automatically. So maybe not. Uh, Peter doesn't just quote scripture. He expounds on scripture, something that many Pharisees and scribes cannot do. We certainly saw it in when Jesus was teaching, they would say he understands and can relate better than the Pharisees and the scribes. Because the Pharisees, the scribes primarily, were just readers. They could teach the content of writings, but not the understanding. Peter is now elevated to a point of teacher uh, ex- par excellence <laughs> because he's expounding on it. He says, "Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles." wonders and signs that God did among you through him just as you yourselves know a lot of these folks that are listening would have also been in Jerusalem seven weeks earlier for Passover remember that required uh, holiday not Festival. holiday but required obligation, obligatory time in Jerusalem and we're talking about the faithful I have no doubt that there are a lot more Jewish people outside of Jerusalem than in Jerusalem for either of these events they would have come back seven weeks later for the feast of fruits not always not all of them we can't put in absolute numbers we can only go with what we can presume is correct And I know that's close to assume, but I'm not going there. Uh, They would have been there seven weeks earlier. They would have heard all the clamor that was going around for the arrest and crucifixion of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And some of them, like the two men on the Marius Road, uh, who would have gone back home or started back home uh, when they got word that Jesus was resurrected. And so we have these guys here and Peter is now defending the situation so they can understand, presenting. He's not defending anything. Quite the contrary. He's pointing fingers. Uh, Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people To nail him to a cross and kill him, God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. And this is, again, power of the Holy Spirit working through Peter, saying, hey, this is it, folks. This is absolutely what was happening. It did happen. And now Peter goes into another revelation of Old Testament by quoting David. And we have verses uh, 23 through 28. Through 28 is right. Twenty-five through twenty-eight, sorry. Bill, you want to read those three? Sure. For
0: David says of him, I saw the Lord constantly before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken from my state of security. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue exulted exceedingly. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope, that is, will encamp in anticipation of the resurrection. For you will not forsake me and abandon my soul to Hades, the realm of the dead nor let your Holy One undergo decay after death. You have made known to me the waves of life. You will fill me, infusing my soul with joy with your presence.
1: So here we have Peter, again, in his newfound knowledge and strength from the Holy Spirit, giving people biblical references to what's been transpiring. And if that's not enough, he goes on and literally declares, hey, I have no doubt, and you have no doubt, David died, buried, and decayed right here in town. And then he goes into the fact that Jesus isn't like that because he was raised forty nine days earlier, uh, on the day of Easter, we call it. It was really the day after Passover. Yeah. Uh, and we have this wonderful presentation by Peter. Do you have any boxes uh, down through verse twenty eight, Bill? Uh, or on that on this section for that matter. No, actually I don't. Oh, okay. Peter declares without hesitation that Jesus was not abandoned into Hades, into death, because he didn't see decay because Jewish people didn't consider any decay taking place until three days later. Uh, I can only tell you from personal experience Depends on what caused the death to happen as to how that goes about. Right. Jesus would have definitely uh, not been uh, uh, aromatically pleasing uh, if Joseph and Arimathea and Nicodemus had not covered him in 75 pounds of uh, fragrant oils. Uh, But Jesus isn't dead. He's raised up. Peter is absolutely giving this. Uh, He goes on for more scripture. The Lord declared to my Lord, sit at my right hand. And Jesus is at the right hand of God. Now, it gets difficult for us who are believers, and certainly for non-believers, to say, how does all that work? Is God really up there sitting in heaven? And is Jesus sitting next to him? And what about everybody else? Uh, We just don't have a real concept of what heaven's going to be like. Uh But we know
0: that for
1: our understanding, Jesus is at the right hand of God. We as brothers and sisters of Jesus because we're adopted, having asked him to be our Savior and our Lord, that we will also be in heaven. And somehow we're all going to be close together, even beyond my comprehension of how that all is going to work. But we have it. We have that promise. And here Peter is giving that great statement. And so he concludes a little bit here in verse, sorry, verse 36, he says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Messiah being the Jewish word for the Greek word. (laughs) Uh, Christ.
0: Which means anointed one.
1: It's what we have.
0: Yep. And, and we so, also have the flock saying it's five till. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. We uh, we went into a lot of All detail right. there. I'm not
1: sorry. There is a lot of detail. Yep. But we're not going to come back to this next week. So I encourage you to finish reading chapter 2 again. The people were so convicted by this man who 50 days earlier couldn't really put any sentences and scriptures together. 3,000 more people, or 3,000 people, come to join the church that day because of Peter's effort. And they were baptized, and the church starts growing, uh, studying in the temple, worshiping there, but also. Eating and having home fellowship uh, as well, and that of course is a topic that we all need to look at. We can't just go to church once a week; we need to be worshiping God daily and having fellowship with Him, both with other people and with food involved. Sorry, that just makes me hungry, but that's us.
0: I wanted to mention.
1: Chapter two is absolutely an important part of the Bible for us as
0: Christian believers. Um, So happy birthday to the church. Happy birthday to the church. I wanted to uh, make mention, um, you know, often it's how can 3,000 people get baptized all at once? Well, archaeologists have actually found a sufficient number of mikvahs on the south side of the temple to easily baptize 3,000 people in a day. Wow. Because, of course, the, uh, the Jews had to go through the mikveh in order to enter the temple. They had to be clean. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so there was sufficient, uh sufficient number of them there to be able to baptize 3,000 people. But uh, um,
1: 120 people would still be pretty busy for 3,000.
0: They would indeed. 3,000.
1: But then again, Dunk those who had move. just Dunk been baptized move. could turn around and do it to others too.
0: Yep. Duncan moved. perhaps but uh, yes if you have come this far with us gentle inquisitor perhaps you will come a little bit further and join us in this family we call Christianity we don't use sacrifice to get in uh, because that's already been taken care of we don't use uh, magical spells or mystical ceremonies that's uh, not how we roll in fact all we do is say a few simple words and boom you're in and you can get started. And so uh, the Bible tells us that all have been a uh, all of the, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so uh, yeah. whether you've been a believer for a second or a century, that means you need to uh, say a sinner's prayer. Maybe not exactly the one we say, but uh, but uh, you certainly need to get forgiveness of your sins. And so uh, I invite you to. I know
1: I do every day. Yep.
0: And so I invite you to say it with us. And uh, um, I'll say one set of words. My dad will say another set of words, and uh, you can say a third set of words. As long as your heart is contrite and humble <laughs> before the Lord, it will. Uh, your prayer will be heard, and uh, and you'll be accepted into the family of Christ. So, uh, so here we go. Dear Lord, dear Lord dear I'm it. a sinner. I'm a sinner.
1: I am a sinner. Cleanse
0: me of my wickedness. And,
1: Cleanse me of my wickedness.
0: Teach me how to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength.
1: Teach me how to love you with all my heart, mind,
0: soul, and strength. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. Show me how to love my neighbor as myself. Help uh, guide my steps along the path you would have me take.
1: Continue guiding my steps along the path you have
0: me taking. And help me to do the work you would have me do for the building of your kingdom.
1: And help me to continue doing the work you have for me.
0: Uh, come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life.
1: Remain in my heart. Thank you for being my Lord and
0: Savior. All these things we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All these
1: things we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
0: And that's the beginning of it. And today's Saturday, Indeed. right? So uh, that means a lot of places are going to be open in the morning for, uh, for you to go and begin worshiping the Lord with your fellow believers and uh, get some fellowship in. Or as, uh, as the Hispanic community says, communion. I'm trying to learn Spanish, but uh, I don't have a gift for tongues. So uh, I, I continue to work on it. But uh, um, but we also have uh, other programs for you over the course of the week. On Tuesday evening, we will have uh, YWL Online's Totally Approachable Bible Study for All, where we will be continuing our journey through the Book of Psalms with Psalm thirty-five. No forty-two. I'm a week behind. Forty-two. I'm a week behind. <laughs> and uh we've been getting about uh about five uh done a week so uh go ahead and read uh through 47 uh go ahead and read through 50 just to uh just to be sure that you, you will uh, be able to contribute to the conversation and uh,
1: pretty sure we'll get to 50 that
0: probably let's see and then uh this coming week uh oh yes and on thursday uh, will be an episode of YWL, uh, no, not YWL, uh, not quite after midnight, uh, my little interview show. I'll be having a couple of inter- of uh, guests uh, this week. We'll be doing a little roundtable, and I'll be welcoming Kaira Johnson and Gary Pratt, a uh, couple of a uh, couple more authors. Uh, Kaira, um, I was able to find a few things about her, and uh, she sounds like a very interesting person. And so uh, um, and Gary has some, uh, I believe, has some musical abilities. So, uh, so it's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting Thursday, to say the least. And then join us again a week from this evening for another episode of YWL Online's Anything Can Happen Saturday, in which we'll be heading off to Romans, Chapter 1, The Decline and Fall of the Human Race. So uh so we'll see uh we'll see just how great that chapter is. And it's a pretty good okay. one. <laughs> all right. So uh remember to uh to like, share, and comment and uh and all that good stuff. But it seems we've come to the end of another episode of Anything Can Happen Saturday. So I'd like to ask you fine gentlemen if you have anything to say to the nice people. Just remember, keep God in your heart. He loves you. Waka water walk, walk with the Lord
1: and god's blessing from poplar bluff missouri
0: indeed and good night and god's blessings from santa ana california and uh stay tuned i'm about to read the credits so uh good night all oh yeah be safe and remember to wash your hands good night thank you for tuning in this has been a presentation of bald spot productions i'd like to thank our producer eileen hatch my dear mother i am of course your humble host bill hatch i'd like to thank my co-host my father chaplain bill hatch and my ed mcmahon rudy corlew if you feel so led support the show over on patreon uh that's on bald spots pro and uh yeah on pa- uh, and don't miss uh, not quite after midnight on thursday and uh that can be found here on facebook and all the major uh podcasting platforms Please remember to like, comment, and share to stay informed and to kick that algorithm into gear so we can reach more people. Uh, this is, uh, you can find us here on YWL Online and all the major YouTube and all the major podcasting platforms. So uh, thanks again and have yourself a wonderful whenever.